0: The History Channel Original Podcast. History This Week, February 18th, 1878. I'm Sally Helm. A warm winter evening in the New Mexico Territory. A group of men is leading their horses along a mountain trail they don't know that they're riding into danger, but they do know that danger is never that far away. This is the Wild West, and it feels that way, especially to these particular men. They're in the middle of a brewing conflict down in a nearby town, and they know it could turn ugly. In fact, on this day, the leader of these men, John Tunstall, turns to one of his friends as they ride. And he says, "Robert, old fellow." He's British. You can imagine a British accent. "Robert, old fellow, if you die or get killed first, I will take care of all there is left of you. You will do the same for me, won't you?" And his friend says, "Yeah. Don't worry. I will." Suddenly, a flock of turkeys rises up on the side of the road. The perfect opportunity for a hunt. The men scatter to shoot what birds they can. But at that very moment, another group of horsemen emerges over the crest of the hill. According to letters written at the time, the Brit, John Tunstall, rides towards the approaching men. He knows they aren't friendly, but he seems to think he can negotiate. And they call out to him, telling him that he won't be hurt. But then, almost immediately, They draw their guns and shoot him right through the chest. And then the head, for good measure. They even shoot his horse. It is a brutal murder. One witness wrote that Tunstall was killed in cold blood. The other men, just off the trail hunting turkey, watch the whole scene unfold. Included in their number is a future notorious outlaw, Billy the Kid. And as Billy and the others stand over Tunstall's corpse, they vow to avenge their boss's murder. Over the next five months, as much as a quarter of the county's population will be killed. Today, the Lincoln County War How did this murder turn a community into a battlefield? And what does this conflict reveal about how we understand the Wild West?
1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at
0: mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. John Tunstall arrives in New Mexico territory as a 24-year-old looking to make his fortune. He even compares the territory to California just before the gold rush. He's expecting a land of opportunity. This kid
1: doesn't have a clue what he's getting into.
0: Paul Hutton is a history professor at the University of New Mexico. He's lived there for over 40 years, so he knows a thing or two about the place. Tunstall, on the other hand, does not.
1: He's pretty horrified when he steps off his buggy in isolated Lincoln, New Mexico. It's dirty. It's miserable, it is lousy, as they used to say. That simply means that when you try to sleep, the bed bugs come marching out.
0: From the start, this Englishman was out of place.
1: He is highly cultured, he's arrogant. He is backed by his father, who has considerable means. He has, um, it would seem, relationships with other men. And all of this sets him apart as a dandy from the rest of the hard-nosed settlers out in Lincoln County.
0: Those settlers are mostly white men who moved out west after the Civil War. But there are also people who have lived in Lincoln County much longer, like the Mescalero Apache, who had lived on the land long before their reservation was formally established in 1873, and Hispanic settlers from Europe and from south of the border, Back in the 1870s, New Mexico isn't a state, but a territory. It's isolated, disconnected from the rest of the country. The forces of law and government that do exist
1: are all deeply, deeply corrupt.
0: Guns are everywhere and alcohol is cleaner than water. So there are a lot of people walking around, kinda drunk, probably armed, ready to shoot.
1: Well, if you're walking down the streets of Lincoln, New Mexico in 1879, you were on the most dangerous street in the United States of America. Just simply to travel from point A to point B puts you at risk. There's no law.
0: For these new settlers, that's kind of part of the appeal.
1: They're not living out here because uh, they love the climate, although it is the land of enchantment. They're out here to make their fortunes and they're determined to do so. Tunstall is one of those men.
0: And while he may have been naive about the workings of the Wild West, he does show up with a plan. And when he steps out of his buggy onto that street in Lincoln County, he is looking right at it. Among small mud adobe buildings, alongside a very large number of saloons, is one bigger, more prominent building. It's known as The House. What
1: was The House? The house is a two-story stucco building, uh, mercantile operation. It housed uh, legal offices. It housed a huge general store. And that general store was the lifeblood of the community.
0: The house is backed by the corrupt territorial government, which is known as the Santa Fe Ring. And they basically run law enforcement.
1: The sheriff is their man. The outlaws are wearing badges.
0: They control the judicial system. And the post office, so they can read everyone's
1: letters. It was almost like an octopus that was strangling the people.
0: And because it's pretty much the only game in town, basically all of Lincoln County is in debt at the house's store.
1: So there was a lot of hostility among settlers, both the poor white ranchers and the Hispanics down in Lincoln County toward the house.
0: And this newly arrived, wealthy, 24-year-old Englishman wants to seize on that hostility for his own gain. He's met a lawyer named Alexander McSween. McSween is a recent transplant, too, from St. Louis. And together, they hatch a plot.
1: Let's go into business. Let's compete with them. Let's become the new ring down in Lincoln County. And so that's their game. Step
0: one. Establish a new mercantile operation right down the street, where farmers could trade future crops in exchange for other goods.
1: It's like there was already a Walmart and now there's a Kmart.
0: Step two, start a cattle ranch and outbid the house on its government contracts.
1: This is the only high income that comes into New Mexico. It was all government money.
0: Step three, consolidate power.
1: Their goal was to control everything.
0: So same as the house basically it's not like they exactly have nobler aspirations than the house does.
1: Absolutely not. It's all money.
0: Tunstall's new operation pretty quickly attracts a following. Competition after all means lower prices. And many of the younger guys in town are fascinated by Tunstall himself. They
1: kind of worship him. They kind of feel that, you know, he his breeding, his intellect is so far above uh, what they have that. He's sort of a towering figure to them.
0: One of the guys who ends up in Tunstall's orbit is a young man named Henry McCarty, better known as Billy the Kid
1: certainly the best known human being who ever lived in new mexico there's only the one photograph of him it doesn't show him as particularly handsome but he seems to have been one of those characters who had such an oversized personality that it didn't matter what he actually physically looked like everyone thought he was handsome and just incredibly brave he could be charming one moment and he could be a cold-blooded killer the next
0: When he crosses paths with John Tunstall, Billy is a teenaged orphan. He basically has no one.
1: And Tunstall showered the kid with gifts, uh, a horse, a saddle, a six six gun, Winchester. And Billy said to one of his friends, "Um, it's the only thing anyone's ever given to me in my life. And he was determined to support this Englishman who's so foreign to this rough and tumble kid of the west.
0: So Billy the Kid and other young men start working for Tunstall. They act as cowboys at his ranch and bodyguards at his store. And Tunstall needs a bodyguard because what he and McSween are doing, it is not going unnoticed. The house is powerful. They don't like this challenge. And one day, they decide to do something about it. On a warm February evening, they ambushed Tunstall and his men on that mountain trail. The Englishman, naive to the end, goes up to them, unarmed, to try and negotiate. He never had a chance.
1: Billy swore over Tunstall's body, vengeance upon everyone who had a hand in the killing. And this cold blooded murder uh, began the Lincoln County War.
0: The Lincoln County War. The battle lines are drawn. Billy the Kid, the lawyer McSween, and their allies call themselves the Regulators. They'll face off against the House and its allies.
1: Now it just becomes an exchange of murder after murder after murder.
0: The Regulators track down three of Tunstall's killers and shoot them. (laughs)
1: Each man is found with 11 bullets in his body as they were trying to escape.
0: A doctor in town describes the atmosphere as, quote, warlike. Soldiers and citizens armed. Great danger of being shot. Then on the first day of April, things really escalate. Billy the Kid and some of the other regulators are eating breakfast
2: at the Tunstall store. And who should they see walking up the street but Sheriff Brady? And supposedly... He was headed to what is known as the Convento. At that time, it served as a convent, the saloon, and the courthouse.
0: We heard the story from Gwendolyn Rogers, president of the Lincoln County Historical Society. She said the regulators knew that the sheriff was aligned with the house. And so they
2: seized their moment. It was the Code of the West. They witnessed the death of Tunstall, the death of his horse, and they knew who did it. And they were going to take care of the situation. They walk out of the Tunstall
0: store, leaving their breakfast behind, and take their
2: positions behind a wall, ready to shoot. And when he and his deputies got in front of the Tunstall store, they just opened fire.
0: Sheriff Brady and one of his deputies are killed. Some regulators are wounded, including Billy the Kid. One of them possibly Billy himself, ends up hiding back inside the Tunstall store underneath the floorboards.
2: And you can still look at it today when you go there. You can see where the boards were taken up.
0: Billy the Kid survives. But Sheriff Brady lies dead in the street. Someone presumably cleans up the body and the breakfast dishes. And a new bloody phase begins.
1: So now the war has really escalated.
0: Paul Hutton again.
1: They have killed. He might be corrupt, but he is the legal sheriff of Lincoln County. So they have really put themselves outside the law by this action.
0: The next day, there's a shootout that leaves one houseman mortally wounded and one regulator dead. A few weeks later, there's another attack that leaves a houseman with his ankle shattered and, quote, quite a slice of ham torn off his leg.
1: You've only got a few hundred people in the whole area, for heaven's sake, and the body count is really building. It's just gunfire all the time.
0: Finally, by July, the lawyer McSween decides enough is enough. It's time for the regulators to face off against the House directly.
1: McSween decides just to have a showdown, and this sets up what becomes known as the five-day battle. The five-day
0: battle. A colonel at a nearby army fort writes of this time in Lincoln County. The town is at present in a perfect state of war. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. On Sunday, July 14th, five months and countless bullets after the death of John Tunstall, Alexander McSween, Billy the Kid, and the other regulators are ready for a face-off they make their way to Lincoln's one main drag and take up their positions.
1: Billy and many of the boys uh, are in McSween's house, which is just simply a few yards catty corner from the house.
0: Another group of regulators is in a different family home on the street, another in a place called the Ellis Store. And the town is so small that the regulators essentially have it surrounded.
1: They really control entry and exit from the town. And in this way, they think they're going to take over the town.
0: There's casual gunfire being exchanged this whole time. And things aren't looking good for the house. Massively outnumbered, they watch as the regulators turn McSween's home into a fortress. Windows barricaded with bricks, portholes drilled into the walls. The regulators are in prime position. This should be the moment when they overwhelm the house for good.
1: But they make a mistake.
0: On Tuesday, July 16th, a group of powerful people nearly gets caught in the crossfire.
1: There are some soldiers in town, Buffalo soldiers from nearby Fort Stanton, and they fire on them.
0: No one is actually shot. But the regiment's commander, Colonel Nathan Dudley, says he now has cause to march his troops into town ostensibly for, quote, the preservation of the lives of the women and children. But Dudley?
1: He is really also, just like Sheriff Brady, a creature of the house, completely corrupt himself.
0: Hutton told us Dudley is likely taking kickbacks on the lucrative beef contract that his fort has with the house. It's clear whose side he's on.
1: McSween, Billy, and the boys knew full well what Dudley's interference meant. They knew Dudley was not a neutral party, and he's got artillery with him, for heaven's sake.
0: On the morning of July 19th, Dudley's troops take their positions outside the sheriff's camp, their guns seemingly pointed right at the regulators. And they wedge themselves between the regulator outposts, weakening their strategic position.
1: And so McSween and Billy and the men in the house are really isolated. And in this way, they're completely surrounded and doomed.
0: It's estimated that more than 2,000 rounds are fired over the course of the night. In an act of desperation, McSween's wife crawls out of the house on her hands and knees, then scrambles up the street to Dudley's camp.
1: Mrs. McSween goes out and pleads with Colonel Dudley to intervene to stop the bloodshed. Dudley refuses.
0: And then Dudley sits idly by as the house's men set fire to the McSween's house.
1: The fire moves from room to room very slowly because it's adobe, it's not burning, but the ceiling is burning.
0: As the flames spread, the house's men close in. McSween's wife later writes that the regulators were, quote, driven from room to room as the fire increased till the last room was consumed. It's too much for her husband to handle.
1: McSween is completely devastated by everything that has happened and he sits in the house sobbing with his hands over his face as essentially a nervous breakdown right on the spot and billy has to kind of take charge
0: billy decides that they have two choices stay put and die or run so under the cover of night he rallies some of the other men to make a break
1: And of course, the flames are leaping into the sky. They're surrounded on all sides. The first man out the door is shot dead. Billy leaps over his body, pistol in each hand, lit by a firelight. He blazes away and manages to escape into uh, the safety of the forest.
0: McSween, in his broken state, is left behind. He leaves the building, trying to surrender. Instead, he's shot to death.
1: McSween's body, as well as those of the others killed alongside him, um, were just left there. In fact, Mrs. McSween talked about how she saw birds pecking at their eyes. I mean, can you imagine this?
0: The regulators have lost this battle decisively. The housemen celebrate.
1: They had an all-night drunk. That's what they did.
0: The next morning, you can still smell the remnants of smoke in the air. Terrified residents emerge from their homes to get water, to feed their animals. Here's Gwendolyn Rogers
2: again. The Hispanic settlers at the time spoke of how they were so afraid. You know, this went on for days. And that their children were crying because they couldn't even go out and milk the cow. There was that much gunfire
0: the entire town has become a casualty of a war fought between two sides, each driven by greed.
1: Maybe it was a war without heroes. Maybe it was a war between two corrupt sides. And maybe it was an example of the incredible corruption in the West at the highest levels.
0: The five-day battle is over. And the Lincoln County War is winding down. But the legend of Billy the Kid has just begun. He's one of the only regulators not offered amnesty for his actions. So he tries to negotiate with the new territorial governor, a man named Lou Wallace, who's come to clean up New Mexico's corruption. The kid even agrees to testify against the leader of the House in exchange for a pardon.
1: Even though this is a death sentence to do this. Billy holds up his end of the bargain and testifies. But... Wallace, meanwhile, is busy writing his novel, Ben Her which he finishes, and then he's off to the East on a book tour. He hated being in New Mexico to begin with. And so he reneges on his pledge of a pardon for Billy.
0: Instead, Wallace publishes a warrant for the
2: kid's arrest. Somebody was going to pay, and they said, OK, we'll just make it the orphan cowboy. Gwendolyn Rogers again. He's been a thorn in everybody's side since the get-go, and we'll just put an end to this.
0: Billy is arrested, locked in a cell where the sheriff wrote, even the light of day is denied admittance.
2: Billy wrote eloquent letters to Lou Wallace, begging him to meet with him. Quote, I expect you have forgotten
0: what you promised me this month two years ago, but I have not. He writes, I have done everything that I promised you I would, and you have done nothing that you promised me. He signs the letter, patiently waiting. But Wallace never comes. The kid stands trial and is sentenced to death. He's sent back to Lincoln, where he's shackled to the floor of a makeshift jail in the old house building, of all places. Paul Hutton told us what happened next.
1: There are two deputies, a man named Bell, who Billy likes, and a character named Ollinger, who hated the kid, kept pointing the shotgun in the kid's face and promising him both barrels if he tried to escape.
0: One day, Billy tells Bell he needs to use the bathroom. On their way back up the stairs.
1: Billy turned. He probably overpowered Bell and took Bell's pistol. And as Bell tried to run down the steps, Billy shot him and killed him. Now he's still shackled, his legs are still shackled.
0: But somehow he runs upstairs and grabs the shotgun that belonged to the other guard, Ollinger. Ollinger is across the street when all this happens. And by the time he realizes that something is amiss, Billy is at the window the last thing Ollinger sees is his own shotgun pointed right
1: at him. Billy then leisurely has someone cut his shackles, borrows a horse. He, in fact, promises to send the horse back as he rides out of Lincoln and into legend because this is, the escape is so incredible.
0: While the details of the Lincoln County War have been largely forgotten, the name Billy the Kid certainly survives. According to PBS, he's been the subject of more films than almost anyone in motion picture history. Hutton told us he personally tried to avoid the kid in his
1: own research for years because Down that road lies madness.
0: A lot of people who look into Billy the Kid end up getting obsessed. To this day, Hutton gets almost weekly emails from people who claim to have unearthed some previously unknown photograph of Billy in their attic. And Hutton gets it.
1: How can you not love the kid? He's Robin Hood morphing into Peter Pan. He's the boy who never grows up. And of course, he he dies at 21. When he's finally chased down and shot by a sheriff. Hutton
0: says... Billy's legend persists partly because it has come to stand in for a romantic idea about life in the Old West.
1: Fighting against the machine in the garden, standing up for the old days, for the pastoral, against the railroads, against the factories, against everything that's going to ruin the West. But
0: there's more to Billy the Kid, stuff that's not so romantic. He murdered a lot of people. And there's more to the West, too.
1: We built such a a great romantic aura around the West and around the story of how it made America. And now, of course, there's a new story that's coming forward, a story about, about violence against minorities, a story about the dispossession of the Indians. That's more disturbing. And eventually, I think those stories will coexist side by side.
0: Courageous cowboys and corrupt motives. Defending honor driven by greed. Everyone fighting for their own vision of freedom or fortune. A messy picture of the real Wild West. Thanks for listening to History This Week. For moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. If you want to get in touch, please shoot us an email at our email address, history.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, 212-351-0410. We really do love to hear from you. Special thanks today to Paul Hutton, whose most recent book, The Apache Wars, tells the story of another war that played out during this time in the Southwest. And thanks to Gwendolyn Rogers, president of the Lincoln County Historical Society. If you visit Lincoln today, you can still see many of the places where the war took place. It is one of the most well-preserved towns in the American West. If you want to read more about the Lincoln County War, check out Frederick Nolan's book, The Lincoln County War, A Documentary History. It was really helpful in putting together this episode. This episode was produced by Julia Press, sound designed by Dan Rosato, and story edited by Jimmy Gutierrez. History This Week is also produced by Julie Magruder, Ben Dickstein, and me, Sally Helm. Our researcher is Emma Fredericks. Our executive producers are McKamey Lynn and Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you next week.